It's here. Let the bells ring and the banners fly. Welcome to Chapter 100 of our podcast. Today, we're handing the ball over to you. For our century mark, you'll be responsible for the content of the show. We have your questions, and we're ready to go. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I thought, you know what, uh, we we, uh, we need to have some form of celebration on our intro. Yeah, that was, so those were fireworks? Yeah, <laughs> thanks for clarifying. <laughs> I got to tell you, that's funny you should say that because when I... <laughs> <laughs> when I started looking for the sound effects, everything just start, sounded like a war. So I had to, you know, I, I know. They Make were, it sound more delicate. Yes. And, and not, yeah, not firecrackers. And yeah, not, well, that's the thing. Yeah. And some things just don't translate uh, in audio. But uh, yes, those were firecrackers, not a war. <laughs> okay. uh, yes. And uh, welcome to our 100th. Uh, yeah, well, this will be fun. Yeah, this will be fun because you are in charge of today's content. And this was an idea that Julie had uh, back in December when we were planning this thing. Why don't we? Why don't we see? You know where you guys are. You've been listening to the podcasts, uh, and you've kind of uh, been riding along with us here. Yeah, and th- there are some really interesting questions that were thought provoking that we that we actually had to discuss. Uh, you know, at length, um, just to kind of get clarification. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and again, we, we 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 started this podcast. Things have evolved, right? Like, yes. We. I'll just give you the the quick Coles notes on how this thing came to be. First of all, we 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 needed a, an outlet to go through the hell that that it was to get here, and <laughs> and and so this was the perfect thing, but. Uh, and then, and then, of course, the podcast changed from getting here to what we're doing while we're here. But, but the whole genesis of the thing, for me anyway, was we were sending out this uh, like email newsletter type of thing. Yeah, to our friends and our family because you know we're we're far away, but we want wanted people to know what we were up to and how we were doing and what we were doing and and uh, and then I think you suggested, well, why don't we do a podcast? And not only will it be something that might be interesting to others, but also cathartic for us because it helped us process the myriad of events, some negative, some positive, mm-hmm. um, in in moving from Canada to a new country, a new culture with our three dogs and all that that involved. Yes, it became therapeutic for both of us. And uh, in talking with Howard, because, you know, Howard is has been my my sage on this thing. And, uh, you know, he's long before the podcast was long encouraging me to do it. Come on, you got to do a podcast. <laughs> and, it, and uh, I, you know, I, I threw some ideas around and nothing had the legs until this thing came about. And then all of a sudden, everything just kind of fell into place. I talked to him about it. And they said, "Well, good. Finally, why don't why don't you you know why don't you let us host your podcast? We'd love to do that." So, uh, again, off the top here, huge thanks to Humble and Fred uh, for giving us the platform here because without that, mm-hmm. it, you know, th- they've just made it so easy for yes. us. Yes, you know, and it's funny in talking with Howard uh, just before we uh, started recording the 100th, I wanted to kind of get a sense of. 
Okay, where where are we? And I, I know we're not up there with some of the you know the smartless podcasts, and I, I know we're well, not we're up not there. doing it for that reason either. Exactly. Right, we're doing it for ourselves, friends, and family, and anybody else who would be interested in our experience. And just so you know, we're not monetizing this thing. We have no interest in monetizing Mm-mm. this thing. Mm-mm. Just to Julie's point, this is our fun thing. It gives us a real purpose here. Yes, it it, it you know. Uh, you're such a creative individual, Jeff, that the whole montage, the whole concept of it is something that makes you, you know, uh, happy. Uh, it's it's good incentive for you to stay in the studio. And, and, and it just so happened that I was okay at doing this. So <laughs> oh, more than okay. You are just, uh, I, you know, and, and by the way, throughout the course of the uh, podcast today, you're going to hear just how much people appreciate what you're are offering and what you are doing oh, for, wow. for the podcast. Okay, cool. And but before and before we get to our first question of the day, I just wanted to kind of go over where we are, where we sit with the numbers. And uh, thanks to Howard, uh, we, we just go back one month. And so this is where we're at from humble beginnings about two years ago with number one. I think it happened in January of 2022. Mm-hmm. So in December of 2023, last month, we had 5,557 unique and 9,112 partial downloads for a grand total of nearly 15,000 total downloads. Now, wow. that's all the episodes, meaning that these numbers include listeners who were downloading past chapters right. okay. as well as the December podcast. Got and it. As far as the December podcasts go, the most listened to was Weird Christmas Customs, mm-hmm. which had 314 unique and 1,277 partials for a total of 1,591 total downloads. So that's kind of where we are in the in the world well, of that's, you know that's kind of cool. It it it, it means that uh, you know there's a certain validation to what we're doing, and people appreciate it, and that that's really satisfying. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, I, I I agree, and I'm glad you're enjoying this this uh, little excursion that we're taking ourselves on each and every week because you're really good at it. I got to tell you, and uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm just gonna let I'm gonna let everybody else talk about okay, how good Julie right. is, yeah. little Medal of Honor winner. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's get to our very first question of uh, the podcast, and without this person, besides Humble and Fred, without this person. We're, we're not on the air, okay? Okay. And I think you'll understand why. Okay. Hello, FOTM Jeff and Julie. This is Toronto Mike. I want to congratulate you both on 100 episodes of your podcast. I'm told only 0.5% of all podcasts, and there's over, well over a million of them, even come close to 100 episodes. That's a significant milestone. One thing I'm naturally curious about is whether either of you have any regrets at all about leaving Canada for France. If you had a time machine and could go back and not make this move, would you? Wow, cool question. That is Toronto Mike, who, by the way, (laughs) has a few more in the bag than we do. (laughs) Does he? well, Toronto Mike, first of all, is probably the pioneer of podcasts in Canada. He is now over 1,400 
podcasts. Wow, astonishing. I'm on a couple of them. That's why I am a friend. That's what FOTM is, Friends of Toronto Mike. Oh, okay. uh, and, Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, it's I, all right. I was kind of... Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, has been groundbreaking in this. He's also uh, helped uh, Humble and Fred out, works for Humble and Fred on some things, does a lot of his own stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, is been, has been instrumental in guiding me through the process of producing a podcast. So first of all, thank you so much to uh, Toronto Mike, and thank you for your question. It's a tough one to start the show off with, isn't it? It's a biggie. It's yeah. a very big thing. So um, I guess I would start off by saying that we've had some unpredictable circumstances, um, <clears throat> circumstances that we could not have uh, discovered uh, while we were in Canada. And the first and foremost is the fact that there's a potential solar field that will be installed in the center of the valley that we overlook, which uh, for me uh, is uh, a degradation of the landscape. Well, it's devastating for you. <clears throat> well, for me, yeah. Like, I, I've lost quite a bit of sleep over this. It's very stressful, and we're fighting it um, tooth and nail. And, and we, thank goodness we've got some good people that are working with us. But, um, you know, the fact that we bought our dream property uh, and that it can be destroyed um, is, uh, is, is very po- problematic for me. And I think for you, too, Jeff. No, no, it is. It is. Uh, you know, I, but, but here's what I have to do. I, so it's, a, it's an interesting question because, you know, would you still do it? Okay. The, the short answer there, Mike, is yes, I would. I'm not sure about Julie. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that in a second. But for me, you always have to put yourself back to where you were. What was your mindset when you left and why did you decide to leave? So for me, I would, if, if, if we were still back in Canada, I would still have the issues that I did, uh, weather being a, a big one, uh, a lot of the, you know, the, the traffic around Toronto, the, the layout. And for me, I, I would still be in, in that frame of mind, which wouldn't be good for anyone. So mm-hmm. I, I also embrace the adventure of this whole thing. I know it's full of pitfalls and setbacks, but uh, in the end, you know. Well, we were reasoned, though. Like the, yes. We, we chose France. We chose rural France and the south of France um, because of its lifestyle, because of, because of its beauty, but also because of its location. You know, we are two and a half hours by car to the Atlantic Ocean. We are two and a half hours by car to the Mediterranean. We're an hour away uh, from from Spain if you're flying. Uh, you know, Italy. Uh, there's so, so many countries that we can visit so easily because we've got a central location. We didn't want to be the the ones that had two houses, one in Canada and one in the United States. Or somewhere else. Yeah, that, yeah. We, we're not comfortable with that. We don't like having to worry about the place that we're not occupying. Also, we have three dogs that we take care of. Um, they're beloved, and we just didn't want to have to travel them back and forth every six months. Yeah, so as Julie was saying, the decision was grounded uh, with the information that we had at our at our disposal at the time. Things have changed, but knowing what we know, and, and uh, I, I just, I can't say that I regret it. It's been difficult lately, but that is the short answer of that question. Now, uh, 
I want to move on to uh, our our dear friend Malin. I, I got to tell you, this is a, this is a fun question. Okay. Now she's she's the alpaca. Yes, person. A- Anna Malin, mm-hmm. uh, alpaca's Valley du Lot. Malin has been a guest on our show, so she's an fo friends of J and J, fo J and J, friends of Jeff and Julie because she's been <laughs> on our show, and then uh, has been a, a, a fun contributor. Uh, throughout the uh, last year as well. So we go to Malin's question from the Facebook page at Jeff and Julie Move to France. Uh, what I would be interested in for your century edition is, even if I lived for a hundred years in France, mm-hmm. I will never get used to blank or I will never start doing blank. Oh, that's an awesome question. It is an awesome question. And she even gives an example like... Even if I lived in Texas for a hundred years, I will never deep fry an entire turkey, <laughs> which I just love. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, um, so, what do you want to start with? Uh, never get used to, or okay, why don't we do it that way? Okay. Okay. So, uh, we will never get used to. Okay, because we're in rural France, I will never get used to hunting. Yeah, especially the way they do it here, eh? Well, it, it's just you know it, it's a it's a recreational activity and and uh, uh, it's it's not <laughs> it's, it's pretty unnerving to wake up on Saturday and Sunday morning and and hear blam 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 well, blam. It's the, 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 uh, <laughs> wait a minute the the footprint of noise that comes from these guys it's beyond the blam blam. Oh, true, it's you get true. the bugles, you yeah. get the dogs, you get the honking and the shouting. And it's like, I was just having my first coffee. I just wanted to relax. (laughs) (laughs) So hunting for me. Uh, These stink bugs for me. I I know somebody said that they're starting to become a nuisance in Canada as Mm -hmm. well. I just, they drive me. And they're still around the house, not to the degree they were in the fall. But I will (laughs) never get used to stink bugs. All right. Uh, I, you know, even though some people say they, they do get their head, heads around this, I don't think I'll ever get used to stores closing down from 12 to 2. <laughs> like, it's just not in my DNA. I mean, I'm a shopper. I was a shopper. And, and you know, the fact that you cannot shop during your lunch break, to me, doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Well, here's the thing. You have to plan your day around it. Like yes. if, if, if you're working on a project and you need a certain kind of screw and it's 1130, oh, my God, you got to go. Otherwise, you're you're waiting for two and a half hours to go get your screws. Yeah. And don't 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 even think about shopping on Sunday. Yeah. 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 That's so. So, you know, not having that commercial aspect. I mean, coming from Montreal, Toronto, you know, and I'm sure it's different in the big cities in France, but in rural France, things just shut down. I will not get uh, used to not being able to turn right on a red. I mean, I don't even think about it now, but in Canada, I also didn't think about it. You roll up to a red and you turn. It's But for people who are moving here from Quebec, uh, for the most part, it's no big deal because you can't turn right on a red there. In either. Quebec, right? Yeah. Right? Um, the washer and the dryers here compared to North American, <laughs> to wash your clothes, North American washers and dryers. Um, first of all, I mean, they're so tiny. Compared to North American machines, right? So you you think you can't do a big load, but I, I think they're designed differently. So you just shove the clothes into the top, 
And then, then you put it in this dryer that doesn't even really dry to the outside of the house because they're all stone walls. Yeah. So you don't really get just, the same. It just collects the moisture. Kind it, of. It, yeah. You don't get in the a same... container. Yeah. And then you have to dump out the container all the time. You don't get that exhaust. <laughs> yeah. Which really truly dries the clothes. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. such a small percentage of people in France apparently have dryers. Most people hang dry. Yeah. Um, you know, for us that would mean that there are two or three months where you can't do laundry because right. it's been. Uh, you know, braining. I will not miss uh, or ever get used to the horrible after-sales customer service. And we'll just leave it at that because we've more than documented our uh, frustration with uh, companies like Orange, uh, places like, you know, the government. It's just, just, uh, it's horrible. It's really, if you think Canada's uh, customer service is rancid, wait till you come here. It's not good. Um, Tipping. Is not possible on the card machines, right? You yeah. you you have to either leave cash. If you um, increase the figure on your on, yeah. the, on the machine, chances are their server is not going to get that tip. So you have to tip in cash. I think Macron is going to be changing that. He's going to be um, you know legislating that there can be these mach- these new machines to process. Um, not even credit cards, but right. bank cards, um, and and be able to add uh, a gratuity. Okay, let's get to the other side of this. Okay. Uh, this is Malin's question again. Even if I live in France for a hundred years, I will never start doing this. Wearing a beret, you'll <laughs> never see it. And and you know what? I just want to tag on top of that. Uh-huh. I will never wear a sweater backwards over the top of my shoulders <laughs> with the arms in the front. And that's a common thing here. You'll never see it. Those are two things that will never happen in my lifetime. I've done it as a joke. I've sent some photos back with the beret. That's it. Okay. Uh, getting back to laundry, uh, I'm complaining about my little, you know, in-house laundry machines. I will never do my laundry in those outdoor machines outside of, of the grocery stores. Yeah, yeah. We We've included pictures on the Facebook page. They're hilarious. And you walk by, you're going in to get your groceries. And I'll tell you what, it uh, when you see some of the stuff in these laundries spinning around, uh, your grocery intake is not as high. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, yeah, so we won't be doing that. Oh, you know what? I'm never going to get used to the continental utensil etiquette where you have your, your knife in your right yeah, hand yeah. and your... Uh, fork tines down in your uh-huh. left hand uh-huh. and you're just cutting and shoveling cutting and shoveling I, I'm a, a changer I will always cut put the knife down change my my fork uh, right. to my right hand and eat that way but the, it's all continental grip here and it's tough to get used to okay uh, I will never ever write a check for groceries <laughs> ever you know what the last time I wrote a check like in Canada was like 1990. <laughs> so the fact that so many people here yeah. take out their checkbook yeah. and slow down the process and write, like p- people join join the century. It, it, you can use a bank card. You you can use your 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 watch. You can use your phone. Just just and and and, and failing that, you can use cash. Okay. <laughs> But just stop with the check writing. I'm not writing checks. Never. We're not doing it. No. All right. So thank you very much, Malin. Great question. Let's now get on to our very next audio clip of the day. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Julie. Congratulations on the 100th episode. Anyway, Lumby, it's me, Angie Hill, your former radio partner. Yes. Your 100th chapter to me means so much. But but really, I, I, I need to know this. I'm just wondering... 
about the clowns. How did you manage to get past your unwarranted hostility and hatred toward the mime clown? Okay, you know what, Angie? Uh, I'm not past it. I, I am not, and I never will be past it. It is the most horrible art form ever created. Oh, oh, here's me trapped in a glass cube. Here, oh, oh, wait a minute. Here, oh, now I'm walking against a strong wind. Oh, wait a minute. Now I'm trying to push a boulder. Uh, oh, no, I'm pulling a rope. Things keep happening to me. Now I'm on top of a 60-story skyscraper wearing slippers and a beret trying to walk across a narrow beam looking like an idiot. No, it is, I hate it. I should probably be in therapy. Um, my favorite scene in a movie about a mime was Tootsie. <laughs> when Dustin Hoffman's all pissed off about something, he's walking down by the, the river there in New York or wherever uh-huh. it was, and there's a mime trying to balance on a curb, and he just walked up and pushed him over. <laughs> there you go. That's it. I I, uh, I do have a hatred for it, and it's it's not fixed. It'll never go away. No, it will never go away. Uh, thank you, Angie Hill, you sweet girl. I miss you so much. Uh, another guy I really miss a lot is my buddy Jerry Van Velden. So Jerry uh, and I met playing Thursday hockey back in the Y95 mm-hmm. days along with so many other friends. And we just, uh, Jeremy Smith and so many other people, we used to, every Thursday, remember, Julie? Yeah, that was like religion yeah. for me. Yeah. And... Um, and uh, Jerry uh, is has we've maintained a really cool friendship over the years. So he submitted a question on our Facebook page. Despite not having to be exposed to Trudeau, do you guys, <laughs> do you guys miss being home in Canada? And if so, what do you miss? Uh, so so for me, it, it it's not so much Canada per se, but I I do miss. Uh, living with you, Jeff, in an English-speaking country. Because I'm doing so horrible at French? No, you're doing really well. But the the problem for, for me is that, you know, because I'm the only French speaker, you know, to a certain level, uh, I'm really the only one that can fill in the government forms. I'm the only one who can, you know, neg- negotiate contracts, pretty much find doctors. Like everything that had to be done had to be done by one person mm-hmm. because of the language discrepancy. So it, for me, uh, I, I've, I've found it, uh, you know. Well, it's been taxing. It's been taxing. It's a lot of responsibility. And uh, it, it it, I, I think what I miss is being able to share that responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say it's been easy street for me, but I certainly, uh, I certainly empathize with your your situation here, and I try to take on as much as I can. Like you know, I try. I I, I found the English speaking. Uh, the useless English-speaking <laughs> line for Orange, the fiber providers, mm-hmm. and did my best to get down that rabbit hole. But uh, I, I get what you're saying. For me, uh, obviously, I miss mm-hmm. uh, all of our uh, my, my family. I, I really miss dearly. I miss my mom, my sister, and and uh, Tom, her her husband, and, and of course all our nephews, and my brother. Yeah. I miss the family. I miss our friends dearly. Um, mm-hmm. And then two specific things. Uh, and this kind of goes to Jerry's question. I mean, I do miss Thursday hockey, but I, I quit that a long time ago just out of because I got old. Uh, <laughs> but I do miss playing baseball, which I was doing right up until we left hardball mm-hmm. in, in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I miss the band. I really mm-hmm. miss uh, just the whole process of the band. 
the fun we used to have, and uh, obviously the guys. Uh, you know, it, it was just such a great thing. Sundays, yeah. uh, head over, yeah. and uh, and so yeah. Thanks, Jerry, for your question. Those are the things I miss. Now, now we we this is one question that we've had a lot of. Mm-hmm. So we have some variations on this question coming up in the podcast mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get to those shortly. But now let's hear another audio clip. Hello, Jeff and Julie. It's Danny Kingsbury, your old friend. And I'm sending along my best wishes for your podcast and your 100th episode. That's pretty amazing. I mean, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, to be honest with you. It's not that I'm not interested in them. I just really don't have the time that it takes. And I have, uh, you know, to sit down and listen and concentrate. But I certainly listen to yours and I love it. So really proud of you guys. I think the quality of the podcast is really what always stood out to me right off the top. The technical quality was amazing. Uh, very well produced. Um, you know, the nice, nice musical theme. And I just think you two have great chemistry. And I know that may sound like a surprise. It shouldn't be surprising. I mean, you've known each other for a long time. You would have made a very, very good, you know, over-the-air radio morning show as a husband and wife team. I I truly believe that. So, But it sure sounds great now. I think, Julie, you bring out a very conversational level from Jeff that we may not have even heard before. And I've known him a long time. And Jeff, I think it's the same with Julie. Julie's used to speaking on the phone to many different characters, so she's got a great style and... She's a great listener, and I think that's one of the keys with the with the whole podcast. You guys listen to each other, and then you react to each other, and that's what makes it so engaging. So uh, really enjoy it and really proud of all the work that you've put into it, and I hope that you're enjoying it, and I know that you're going to continue, and I know you're not necessarily doing it to become you know, fabulously famous and fabulously rich, I think you're both of those already, but uh, I know you're doing it for the love and you can really tell. I guess if I just had one thing to, you know, to maybe offer as a critique is that the breaks seem to be a little long. You know, you should probably cut down the talk breaks a little bit. What? What's that? Oh, oh, it's a podcast. So you're literally... It's all about talking, which is great. So, all right. So uh, skip that last piece of advice and, you know, take this one. Carry on. It's good. It is world class and uh, could not be happier for you guys. Miss you. Speaking of long breaks. Holy (laughs) cow. Wow, that coming no, that from Danny great. Kingsbury, that is high praise. My good. I know. There's the there's the greatest uh, program director that I've ever worked for and with, and uh, happens to be you know a best friend, and you know we're the same age. We go back so long. We go back to 19, I think 77. That's wow. how far we go back. Wow. But no, that's really kind, yes. Danny, uh, and we really appreciate it. The uh, the high praise is uh, is duly noted, as you would say. Now, <laughs> Danny has a couple of questions okay. as well. Okay, Ready. if that weren't enough, uh, yeah. and don't you think it should have been? No, there's more. <laughs> All right, here are some questions that I would like to ask you uh, about your move to France and differences between Canada and France. So get into a couple of them here. So question number one, do you miss driving your Hummer 
on the 401 <laughs> at 150 to 160 kilometers per hour. Okay. So you know, this is what we call a wise-ass question uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh, really is not meant to be answered, but more of a needle. For those of you who uh, don't pick up on sarcasm, that's what that would be, a mm-hmm. wise-ass question. So uh, I think we're just going to move on to question number two. Thanks so much, Danny. Thank you, caller. Good idea. Question number two. This one's probably a little more serious, but now that you live in France and you might be a bit long-winded question here. Now that you live in France. What? What are the chances? (laughs) And you made the decision to move there because of all the times that you vacationed there. I mean, have you found that it's a nice place to live, but you wouldn't want a vacation there or vice versa. It's a nice place to vacation, but you wouldn't want to live there. I mean, what are the big differences that you're finding uh, from it being a vacation place to a place that you're always, I mean, it seems like weekly you're visiting historical villages and tons of old architecture and culture and really places that, you know, are on a lot of people's bucket list, I think, for vacations. What's it like to actually live there and experience that at your fingertips at any time? And then question, I guess the last one is, do you still like ambrosia? Okay, another another wise-ass <laughs> question to round out uh, Danny Kingsbury's 20 or 30 minutes on the podcast today. Was that, was that dessert or No, no, that's the band oh, Ambrosia. I'm okay. a big fan of that. Still am a, a fan of uh, Ambrosia. Uh, yes, okay. I am. But getting back to the other stuff. Yeah, I, I think uh, living in France is a very rich experience. Um, and we've discovered and have acquired so much knowledge based on the history, based on the geography, based on the culture, the food. Um, it's um, it's very rich in that way and so very satisfying. I think living in France is better than vacationing in France. Um, because you have the time to really explore, to really go in depth. When you're on vacation, you, you're you're always on a schedule. Oh, we got to go here. Oh, we got to see that. Yeah, logistics get in the way. Yeah. Whereas here, in a very relaxed and and you know, it, we can choose our different locations based on our our wants that particular time. And yeah, well, the the, the Josephine Baker uh, Chateau comes to mind. Yeah, as th- so that's a day we go there. There's no rush. Mm-mm. We know we're going there for the day. We're going to have lunch. We're going to take it all in. We learned so much that day. Yeah. And so I, I think that's part of staying current and and active. And, you know, s- some retirees might not be as active as, as we mm-hmm. are. But uh, I think that's a part of keeping us uh, sharp and keeping us, you know, involved. And my short answer would be both. It's a great place to vacation to because we came here three or four times prior to That's true. getting interested in moving here. But I mm-hmm. think one of the reasons that we just wanted to move here was exactly to your point, which mm-hmm. is when you're on vacation, you kind of come home going, yeah, that was great. But, geez, I'd really like to get back there and see this, this, this and this. Mm-hmm. And when you live here, you can do all that. And the other thing is, just quickly, where we chose to live, which is central southwest France, we are central to so many other countries. And I know we've we've addressed it earlier on, mm-hmm. but I mean, the short, 
we're five hour drive from Barcelona. We're a, a, a one hour flight to uh, we are a one to two hour flight from Portugal, Spain, Italy, uh, probably Belgium and and the UK. And just it's it's incredible. It's just incredible. So, yeah, it's great living here. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Julie. Another Jeff here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) I don't have a question about France per se, but here's what I'm wondering. Would it not be appropriate for you to pay your fiber bill with that bank card that doesn't work? (laughs) Thanks for the show, and congratulations on your 100th anniversary. Oh, that's great. uh, Of the show, not your marriage. Oh. Yes, thank you. Jeff Reckner, so uh, just a big hoity-toity voice guy now down in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and uh, he's come a long way from being a roommate with me in Moose Jaw. So <laughs> actually, we were roommates twice, once in Moose Jaw and once in Edmonton. Just had this great friendship uh, over the years, and it's continued. And uh, give you an example of how hoity-toity big voice guy Jeff is, if you watch baseball, uh, on Fox, uh, Jeff does all the intros for yeah. the baseball games yeah. in the World Series. No so, pun intended. Yeah. He's major league. He's ma- <laughs> very good. Thank you. Uh, and and you know what? He is a loyal uh, friend of our podcast. <laughs> That's he listen- awesome. I know he listens to every single one. It's kind of <laughs> I, I wonder like you know, how starved for entertainment he really is. But that is a funny line, you know. I mean, so much stuff has gone wrong for us. <laughs> and uh, wouldn't it be great if we could pay? The, the horrible fiber service with uh, the horrible bank card, which is finally fixed. Yeah. And and he's very astute to have used the term bank card because it is not a credit card. Oh, I know. Because those beasts don't really exist here. Yeah. We'll be, uh, we'll be getting into a mm-hmm. little more on that uh-huh. uh, as the show progresses. But, uh, Jeff, thank you very much for your contribution to our 100th. Guess who else uh, decided to weigh in with some questions? Who? Ma mère. Ah, ta maman. Oui. Oh. Miss Helen. <laughs> and uh, so I, she gave me quite a list. And uh, uh, but you know what? She, she came up with some questions that nobody else did. I mean, we, we do have a lot of similar questions. Mm-hmm. Um, some just have nuances of difference, which we're going to uh, get into he- here shortly. But my mom have, has three that I've narrowed it down to. Okay. Uh, the big question is, how do you decide on the topics of the podcast? And do you script most of each episode? The answer to do we script the episodes is no. 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 This it, we we are um, meanderers. We just choose to float um, through the topics. And that's why everything sounds so conversational. And the topics are discussed in advance, and they're usually based on a, a travel experience, a meal experience, a news item, a news item. Um, and and we just kind of choose the, what we think is the most interesting and the most informative uh, and and go with it. Yeah, like we we figure we have a, a lane here, as they say, and our lane is, is pretty broad in that as long as it pertains to Canada or France, it's of interest in this podcast. And then our experiences kind of top the list, really. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then then we kind of go from here. Her next question Ooh, would you recommend moving there? Uh, okay. So, uh, yes, but <clears throat> I think it is crucial. Paramount. That 
whoever is moving here speaks French. And and you would actually go now as far as saying both pe- if it's a couple, both people should speak both French. Both people should Otherwise, speak French. Otherwise, one person is going to be doing the lion's share of the work. Right. And so, there's a lot of it. So being being a, a, a French speaker is primordial if you're going to be living in France, especially rural France, where English is never heard. No. So that that's a good question. Uh, was there, would there be any other qualifications to uh, recommend moving here? Um, I, I think... Uh, it would be a good idea um, to be retired moving here. Yeah. Um, so if if you're a French speaker and you're looking for retirement, a good retirement location, mm-hmm. um, th- this would be a good place to move to. And if you own a company in Canada, really give some serious thought because there are two words I'm going to introduce you to. Mm-hmm. Deemed dispositions. Mm-hmm. You need to look deemed dispositions up before you move to France or really anywhere, if you own a company in Canada. And uh, so it would be better to get out from under that corporation before you move to another country. The rest you need to look up because it's full of so much minutia, it'll crush your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last question from my mom. Compared to Canada, do you find freedom in general to be almost the same or does Big Brother play a part in your lives? And that's a very interesting question. I think government is in everybody's lives everywhere. Um, some of the cool things, though, in France, one of the cool things is that you can bring your pup to dinner. There you go. And and you know what? You nailed it. That is such a calming thing for me. When we go for uh, any restaurant experience and there's a dog in the restaurant and it's often common it's common then i'm i'm at ease i'm i just love it i i end up usually interacting with the dog in some way and we've had one experience where the dog was bad but the owners were worse mm-hmm. so uh you know what we put that off to the owner and they were asked to leave and they were asked to leave but i'm talking about in 3 years hundreds of dogs uh-huh. we've seen in restaurants and that freedom just doesn't seem to exist on a grand scale in Canada I hope it's something that they improve upon but other than that there are some restrictions here that there aren't in Canada just 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 the, to your point the government it's just it's just in your it's everywhere here and yeah. I know it's bad in Canada too there are lots of rules and regulations and uh, and yeah they 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 I, I think the French government likes you know being in your in your business um but you know i i remember when we were living in canada i can't say that it 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 wasn't similar no that's true it was it was similar um and uh you know we get to see dogs in restaurants here so i i I think france wins that one just by a tick of the box by hair I'm here all week try the veal let's get to the next let's get to the next audio please Thanks for the questions, Mom. Miss you. We'll see you soon. Love you very much. Uh, gross bees. Oui. Bye, Mom. Hello, we're Mike. And Michelle. From the Town Line in Rockwood, Ontario. And we want to wish Jeff and Julie congratulations on your 100th episode. <laughs> we've been friends for nearly 20 years. And while that's not as long as some of your friends, we've had a disappropriate amount of laughs, good times, misadventures, mm-hmm. and bad ideas. <laughs> Hell, we even started a band. During one of our last get-togethers, we watched Spinal Tap because I hadn't seen it. Which leads me to my question. Jeff, if there was a mockumentary made of our band, 
describe your favorite scene and who would play your character. Julie, as we are supporting characters in this mockumentary, what scene would you be in? And who would play you? Okay, that is so great. Mike and Michelle, our neighbors from down the road on the town line mm-hmm. in Rockwood, thank you. We miss you guys so miss much. Miss you, yeah. And uh, I have already expressed how much I miss uh, the band and, and all it represented. Uh, but Mike, in terms of your actual question, there is one story that comes out. I mean, there are many. Uh-huh. With, you know, with the band, I don't know how many years we were, we were and they're still going. Oh, yeah, Yeah, I know. they have a real drummer now. Sans you, yeah. Yeah, yeah they have a, uh-huh. a, a guy who, who, who can actually, uh, you know, create the right tempo and, and not hurry up throughout mm. the course of the song. Mm. Um, but we were invited to play the Rock Pile in Toronto, which is a dingy bar, but a great bar, just a classic rock and roll bar. And they said, oh, the, the house band will provide the drums, so there's no need for your, your, your drummer to bring his own kit. <laughs> Great. We get there, and the drummer is like six foot five. <laughs> and he comes up to me, and he was. Uh, I said, "So I'm okay to use your drums? Yeah. Don't touch anything. Don't change any any of. <laughs> don't change the, the 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 seat. Don't change. Like he was a, a bit of a dick. I gotta say. Uh, but he is lending his drums and everything. But he's telling, don't don't adjust any of the drums. Don't adjust any of the cymbals. And by all means, don't adjust the seat, the throne." <laughs> I sit in this chair. I don't know how he does it. He's six foot five. I'm six inches off the ground. I look like a three-year-old in kids' drums. And I'm supposed to play. And it was it was a bit of a nightmare. I couldn't use my kick because me, five foot six, and my knees are up here. I said to, to the guys after our set, I got to see this guy play. <laughs> he was just all legs. It was, huh. I, I've never seen anything like it. So that's the answer. Uh, that's my that's story. And mm-hmm. uh, the actor I would use to play my part would be, because it's the most common one. People say, oh, you look like Gary Sinise. So it'd be Gary Sinise. Oh. Yeah, but he'd have to have legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's good. Well, I, I really appreciated the band, but for different reasons. Okay. Uh, I, I love the fact that you enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. I also love the fact that it got you out of the house. <laughs> it was kind of like a free babysitting service. <laughs> and I could then do what I wanted to do. On Sundays. On Sundays. <laughs> and one of the things that I would do is watch a show that you hated at the time. Which was? The Bill Maher Show. Oh, at the, t- at the time, I, but now I love Bill Maher. I know, but at the time, you you were, how could you watch that crap, blah, 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 blah. So well, I, because I, it he was, was my secret little pleasure. Mm-hmm. He was preachy back then. Before the pandemic, mm. Bill Maher was preachy. After the pandemic, I've he was I've always been a fan. I know. I've always been a fan. So I would do that. I would take time to, you know, do a manicure oh, and, and, and play with the dogs. Uh-huh. And it was always really quite lovely. Uh, a scene would maybe be when we were dancing wi- wildly to one of the bands performances oh yeah right uh you know a lot of us would get up and you know mm-hmm. shake our what is it Gro- yeah. groove thing your yeah. good your good things your you, good what, bits i don't know anyway uh and who would play me well i've been told that uh, depending on the haircut i look like uh, megan mullally oh from uh will and grace from will and grace i've also been told that i back in the day i look like courtney cox also uh, Kate Walsh. Who, oh, Kate Walsh. Okay. Yeah. So uh, any one of those, probably fine. 
Thanks, Mike and Michelle. Hope to see you guys soon and hope that we see you and little Sedona, their uh, chihuahua, out here one of these days. Hopefully. Um, Let's go back to uh, the Facebook page, at Jeff and Julie Moved to France. Thomas Rusin wrote us. Oh, Thomas. Thomas. Oh, yeah, sorry, I said it wrong. Thomas Rusin. Um, He um, states, when growing up in Europe, we often get painted an ideal picture of North America through movies and series. Yes, because they're from Belgium. Right. So also for me, for a long time, I dreamt of moving there one day as it looked so much nicer than Europe. His question, now that you both have lived here for a while, I'd like to know if you knew what you know now, would you have wanted to move to Europe sooner or do you think you moved at the ideal moment? Mm. Thanks, Thomas. And and Thomas and Elaine just moved down from Belgium Mm -hmm. into our neck of the woods. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, we're heading out there for dinner in a month or so. So I can't wait to see them and their beautiful daughters. But uh, you know what? For me, I think we moved at the ideal time for a couple of reasons. Okay. Um, now, uh, I know I know you're amazed with the cost of housing here. It's it, This is one of the few things where we really benefit from, and you'll talk about that. But uh, for me, uh, from a, an ideal point of view, materials. We did a Mondo renovation on this house, and we've been told that if we did it now versus three years ago, it would be 30 plus percent more to do what we did then. Wow, that's crazy. Um, You know, for me, I'm astonished that such beautiful properties and large pieces of land in rural France with lots of outbuildings, with beautiful stone, um, are such a value. They're very reasonably priced. I was told once that it's because the the French actually don't like the old homes. (laughs) But, you know, we coming from Canada, you know, the land of wooden structures, really love the, 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 the beauty of the stonework and the affordability. So, you know, a, a, a house and a property like this in, in mm. Rockwood would be off limits for us. Oh, yeah. I just, you know, you, you go back, you look at any uh, Ontario real estate page, and I, I'm just floored. Mm-hmm. At, at at what you don't get for the money. It's yes. it's the housing in Canada is ridiculous. So from that point of view, we moved here at the exact right time. There's also one other reason that validates that our timing is where we're at in life. You'd been retired for a while. I was getting set to retire and we wanted, you know, to start traveling more. So, you know, we didn't want to do it when we were 10 years down the road, because who knows what's going to happen? Who knows if we'll be as fit and as able as we are now? You know, the move was hard. The move, moving from one continent to the other is very taxing and you need to be in good shape and you need to be tough to be able to withstand the challenges that accompany it. So doing it any later, I think it wouldn't have happened. No, that's, we, we wouldn't have done it. That is a very good point. And it's, it's, it serves as a bit of a lesson. If you're at our age or in, in our ballpark, and you're thinking about doing something, I'm telling you, the years, they fly by. They fly by. They fly. I can't believe we're here over three years already. So get on your high horse and uh, get it get it going, if, if that's what you want to do. Otherwise, it just gets lost yep. in the shuffle. Well, that was a great question, and we look forward to seeing you. Yeah, we do. Thanks, Tomas. Now, I want you to be on your very best behavior. Do you want to know why? Why? Because our next question comes from our bosses. 
Oh, no. I wanted to uh, recognize a, a shout-out today for our friends Jeff and Julie. Jeff Lumby, Julie LaFontaine, and the podcast that we produce. Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic, is about to celebrate its 100th episode. And to that we say... Lots of sound effects. Love it. Um, And uh, I just want, we wanted to obviously give our best wishes and congratulations. Very few podcasts ever get to that point. And, you know, it seems like just yesterday I was having a conversation with Jeff about what are you going to do your podcast about? And it all came together and it's very interesting. A lot of Humble and Fred people listen to it. And sometime in January, they're going to record episode 100. So, first of all, uh, I've given my congratulations. Fred, what say you? Oh, congratulations. Uh, You know, we've said many times over the past 13, 12, 13 years that, uh, you know, that first podcast is easy. Number two, number three, a bit of a struggle. And usually after that, people shut them down. So 100 (laughs) is quite a a milestone. It is. It it, it really is. And, and, you know, I I, I look back um, on the uh, when we got to episode 100. Somebody mm-hmm. remember, remember Julie uh, Adams gave us a plaque and it was a big deal um, for just those reasons. And not everyone mm-hmm. gets it's everyone thinks they've got an episode in them. But to get to 100 shows a commitment. And I think their subject matter is unique. The show is so well done and produced. And uh, Jeff and Julie are great together. But one of the things I wanted to say, because Jeff said, hey, you know, uh what would you like? What, what kind of questions come to mind when you think about what we've done? And, and I was thinking about this and, and I would ask this question of Jeff and Julie before you moved to France. What are some of the things, you know, now that if you had known then might have prevented you from making the move? Like, what have you gone through? And I'm, I'm sure I'm sure with Lumbee, there'll be more than there'll be more than one answer. So but that would be my question. What did what do you know now that if you'd known back in the planning stage that you wouldn't have maybe gone to France? What about you, Freddie? I might ask Jeff, if I bought you a beret with a leaf logo on it, would you wear it? Would he wear it? Uh, No, that's a you know, Howard, it would be similar. Um, I would just say, you know. Anybody that's sitting there thinking of doing what you did, what would you say to them? You know, maybe in in one sentence, what would that be? <laughs> well, all we can say is from the management and staff of the Humble and Fred show, <laughs> we say congratulations for episode 100. Uh, thanks, guys. That Merci. really means a lot. Now, first of all, uh, I will never wear a beret mm-hmm. and uh, I, I will never wear anything with a leaf logo on it. So wearing a beret... And a leaf logo together. Mm-mm. Maybe you'll see that in my coffin. No. <laughs> Fred. Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but to the questions, uh, well, to, well, to Fred's question, uh, what would you say in a sentence? I think you've kind of covered that. Like for somebody who's thinking of moving here, I think in a sentence, I would just say, and, and this would go to if you're moving to Spain, somebody better speak Spanish. If you're moving to Portugal, it's a little different because they speak a lot of English there. But if you're going to move to France, please, you got to you got to speak the language. I don't know how some Americans do it. 
uh, down here not speaking Or, or the Brits. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them go decades without learning the language. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I, I think it's imperative that both people within the couple know how to speak the language of the country right. well. Well, what the, to, to Howard's question, so uh, knowing what we know now, and yeah, I do have a lot. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to take all the people who have uh, lied and cheated to us here in France, the jewelry guy mm-hmm. tried to rip you off, mm-hmm. the alarm system guy who promised cameras mm-hmm. never delivered, mm-hmm. Orange, the guy who lied to us 18 billion times about the fiber. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like yeah. to lock them all in a room mm-hmm. and uh, crank up, uh, I don't know, like who let the dogs out or something. Uh, and then and then put it on repeat and walk away. I like that song. <laughs> okay. Well, trust me, you wouldn't like it after nine hours straight. Right, okay? Right. Okay. Now, you know, I mean, I say all this, and then Howard reminds me that, okay, this kind of thing can happen in Canada, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think we've just had some very irritating circumstances. There's nothing that we could have done prior to moving here to know about the industrial solar field that's being yeah. uh, potentially built yeah. in our backyard. Um, we It wasn't uh, at the mairie, but I would suggest to anybody who is moving to rural France to take a meeting with the mayor's office, and there's a mayor for every commune, <laughs> and go go see what's happening, what are the, what does the, yeah. what are the future plans for the community. Are there building the, permits? Yeah, uh, yeah, in the, in the area. Um, the last thing that may have prevented us from coming here is the fact that I owned a company, a Canadian company, uh, and moving to another country, doesn't matter where, but moving to another country. The Canadian government wants theirs. Yeah, the Canadian government takes a huge chunk of change, and one that I think if we put it in the balance may have given us um, cause pause. cause yeah. to think rethink yeah. it. We didn't know it at the time. Mm. And again, you know, your advisors, they know everything Canadian. So it's very difficult to get real good, honest answers from anybody's advisors. And I mean, they did the best, but right. but but the whole deemed disposition thing came late in the ball game, too late. We'd already purchased the house, and by the time we we yeah. understood what that deemed disposition thing well, was. You look it up. I think it's because we're freaks. Like we did, we we do the opposite. Like we left Canada to, to move to Europe, whereas most people leave Europe <laughs> to go to Canada. When the world zigs, we zag. Yeah. So I I think that's why there wasn't a lot of knowledge as to what the repercussions were going to be. So guys, thanks so much for your questions, but we really want to thank you for the platform here. You have uh, been so responsible for our podcast getting off the ground and certainly Mm. getting to episode 100. So Mm. Humble and Fred Radio, we really appreciate it and love you guys, miss you. And Freddie, Freddie, you and Dahl, you have to get out here. Howard's Mm -hmm. been here. I'm sure he's talked uh, endlessly about it, but we'd love to have you visit as well. Oui, à bientôt. Good morning, Jeff and Julie. Good morning, good morning, good morning. So sorry that we're late getting this to you. We were out late last night. It's, oh, it's Darren and Lori, your favorite people from Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. We were out late last night celebrating your 1,000th podcast. Congratulations. No, no, no 100. 1,000 sounds so much more impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 100. Oh, they've been doing a good job of it. Um, listen, um, we're here um, to ask you a few questions about your experience in 
France, which we've been following. Jeff, this one's for you. Now, I know that you are a certified sommelier. A lot of people maybe don't know that, but I know you studied hard, and we had many discussions about your love for Italian wines, and specifically a beautiful Barolo. I'd like to know what you've discovered uh, and, and your recommendations and nuances concerning French wines, which you're now obviously immersed in. And Julie, this question's for you. France, known for its fashion. What's the one thing that you've picked up in the three years that you've lived in France as a fashion accessory or something that you must have and you'd bring home for someone like me? And congratulations again to both of you on 100 episodes. Congratulations, congratulations, (laughs) and we'll see you soon, hopefully. Merry Christmas. Hmm. Yeah, you know, they are, uh, they're probably our next guests here. We've been trying to work something out, and uh, I, just, hope so. I just love them to bits. Uh, Darren and I used to do a lot of uh, traveling. Just uh, we, We've been to a number. We've been to Boston, and we've been to Detroit just to see baseball games. So mm-hmm. he's, he's a, a baseball buddy. And, uh, of course, Lori and I worked at Y95 for years, along with Darren, who is the best marketing director to ever wear the hat. But no, first of all, yeah, it's just a hundred, not a thousand, Darren. And second of all, I'm not a certified sommelier. Okay? No, you do have a degree, though. Oh, please, degree. I've got level three W set, which means not that no, much. No, it, 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 it accounts for something. I, I do have a knowledge. Most of it's drifting away, but I do have a, <laughs> a, a scattered knowledge of wine. And uh, yes, it has been very interesting uh, to come to France, to say the least, because at the beginning, when my palate was still very North American... Uh, And quite um, Californian. Yeah, everything seemed very harsh here. Uh, It it seemed harsh in terms of tannins and acidity, but then I'm I'm learning um, that those are all very critical things to balanced structure with wine and food, and that's, yes. the, that's the key. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so in our immediate area, it's not my favorite cup of tea, and that is the Malbecs, which is part of the Cahor, C-A-H-O-R-E-O-R-S, the Cahor region. Uh, we still go there because the wine tastings are a lot of fun. Well, and also, like, I, I didn't realize that they could make a, a sparkling from a, a sparkling white from uh, the the Malbec uh, right. grape, or a rosé from the Malbec. Remember, which that, I both enjoy. Remember, the color comes from the uh, skins. Yes, all wine grapes are the same color inside. Right. So you know that's why you can get a really nice rosé because they just put the skins in for a little while and then remove them and then mm-hmm. bo- and it's a meaty rosé like it's yes the rosé from Cahors not like a, a Provence rosé. I, I I find it more enjoyable. You actually. like it better, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a, a little less sweet, mm-hmm. um, and uh, on hot summer days, the rosé is, you know, my my go-to of choice. Yeah, you prefer those, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we start with you then, Julie, because uh, when you moved here, we were both very California-oriented, mm-hmm. um, and, and so th- therefore you were, you, you were all about the oaky, buttery uh, Chardonnays, which I always found to be just so... Bland and flabby, uh, but you've changed a little bit here for the better, in my estimation. Well, you know, uh, as you said, coupling with food, I find that uh, the Sancerre, which is a Sauvignon Blanc, 
is really enjoyable, not as sharp as just Sauvignon Blanc. Right. I don't know what it is. It's. I, I think it's the region. It's right along the Loire, and whether you get a Pouet Fumé or uh, um, a Saint it's, you're right. It's so great with fish. It's so great with salads. The yes. pairings are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, my palate has kind of migrated towards that taste. Um, I find it quite pleasant. And then, and then, uh, speaking of the uh, Sauvignon Blanc, mm-hmm. you also found one that you enjoyed because it was a blend. Yeah. So close to us is the Bergerac region, mm-hmm. which is really underrated. In terms of a wine region, it's, it's in basically France. between the Cahors region and Bordeaux. Yeah, I would say yes. And they they do a blend of Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon, and the Semillon really helps soften soften up the Sauvignon Blanc, and it's a very enjoyable glass of wine with fish, salads, mm-hmm. seafood, um, you know, white meat, mm-hmm. um, delish. And for me, Darren, a uh, great question because I, I do love a Barolo. I do love Italian wines. I still prefer them. I'm going to say that. I still prefer, um, you know, a Barolo, uh, an Amarone, of, you know, for certain occasions. Um, but something that competes is, and this is the area that I'm kind of centered in on now, is the Saint-Emilion area mm. of Bordeaux. Mm. So the Saint-Emilion area and, and Pomerol area of Bordeaux features, first of all, all Bordeaux wines are blends. Just so you know, even on the left bank, you've got Cabin, uh, Cab Sauve mm-hmm. and, uh, Merlot? and Merlot or Cab Franc. Oh. So they're blended. Same with on the Saint-Emilion Pomerol side, except it's, you know, the majority of it is Merlot. Hmm. That's what I've gravitated towards. And the two wines that I am going to recommend before I go any further, the uh, Chateau Armand. And I, by the way, I'm going to leave uh, photos on the Facebook page at hmm. Jeff and Julie Move to France of our favorite wines. So on the very left, you're going to see the Chateau Armand, A-R-M-E-N-S. Very nice wine, but without question... My favorite wine is actually from St. Julian, which is on the other side. Uh-huh. This is more the cab side. And it is the, I've mentioned it before on the podcast, the Moulin de la Rose. Mm-hmm. Moulin de la Rose. This is the best wine I've had in France. I'm sure there are many better, but not in our price range. Mm. And I absolutely love this this wine. So I have gravitated more to the Bordeaux area. I do love a Chateau Neuf de Pop, so I like the Côte de Rhone. Um, and as Julie mentioned, the Bergerac. Not crazy about Cohors and the Malbecs, but I do enjoy going there because it's always lots of fun to do the tastings. But uh, for Julie, it's the Loire region, with the Sancerre, res- yeah. The Sancerre and the Pouilly Fumé. And, and unfortunately, we I didn't have any... Last time I went to Gamvert, which is the garden center, right. uh, to pick up another <laughs> bottle of Sancerre, uh, they were out. Uh, yeah. And it was my favorite one, and I don't remember what the label was, so it's not going to be pictured on the Facebook page. But there are no bad Sancerres. No, Sancerres, for me, are a very delicious, drinkable... Uh, wine with you know with food and they have lots of flavor, but they do the job of the pairings as well without knocking you on your feet. Yes, like if you were to sort of compare 
um, you know, the uh, Sauvignon Blancs from, say, New Zealand. And mm. what was that wine we used to get? And I, Ooh, I, I loved right. it. Oh, you, yeah, you loved it, the... but it was so green. Yeah, oh, yeah, gosh. yeah, yeah, very grassy. Oh, I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. remember which one it was. Oh, me neither. But anyway, they, they, they love their uh, Sauvignon Blanc over there in, uh, in New Zealand, and I like them too. But those were a little much for you, and mm-hmm. this is a much softer idea. It's so a good if you, compromise. If you do like sort of the flavoring of a Sauvignon Blanc, try a Sancerre, and I think you'll, you'll really enjoy it. The other thing, quickly, is uh, in the Burgundy region. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Pinot Noirs that are nothing like California Pinot Noirs, but we all there. There also is a Chardonnay in the form uh, of yes. a Chablis. Chablis, and you like that as well. I do it because it's it's not as sharp as mm-hmm. the Sauvignon Blanc, uh, and uh, there are quite a few Chablis that uh, that are, are very enjoyable, um, delicious with uh, charcuterie and and. Uh, the, the cheeses and mm-hmm. uh, so you know the, for me I'm more the white lady you're more the red man yes yes um, but if if you stick to Sancerre and Chablis for me you can't go wrong no that's true that's true and uh, you know as, as far as uh, the the rest I mean the, that's the funny thing about this country is the, the amount of different tastes that you'll find here including you know Cognac, including Armagnac, and mm. including Champagne. Yes. You really can't go oh, wrong. Oh, but I do have to mention that during the summer, yep. rosé. Yes, and rosés in yes. the summer. Yeah, wonderful. Oh, I just, rem- I, just remembered, uh, I just remembered the Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand, uh, Kim Crawford. That, that's, the, that's the one mm-hmm. that, that is too strong for you. A little too sharp. I find it immensely flavorful, but for you, it's a little grassy. Mm-hmm. So if you're like Julie and you want to uh, soften up your Sauvignon Blanc, then go to a Sancerre or a Pouet Fumé mm. from the Loire Valley. And so, Lori, the fashion question is really interesting because we live in rural <laughs> France. Yeah, we we keep having to say that for so many reasons. <laughs> like like menu, menus at restaurants, it's like you have two choices. Well, in Paris, you probably have more. Yes. So, you know, I don't think fashion is a high priority here. <laughs> and that's fine. I mean, I'm not working anymore, so I don't have to think about the get-up. And... I'm sorry, but it's kind of like asking what the fashion standards are in Acton. <laughs> No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, but, other but, than the sweatpants? Well, you, you know what? You can say, oh, that's very stereotypical. Yeah. No, no, I'm no, sorry. No. Walk down the block. Mm-hmm. Walk down the street mm-hmm. in Acton and mm-hmm. then talk to me. All right. So, so you know, in terms of fashion tips, um, I, I, I shop online because <laughs> there isn't there, there isn't uh, really a, a, a bricks and mortar store where I find the kind of things that I like to wear. But, you know, I'm not wearing suits and, you know, dress clothes every day because I I'm I live on a farm, so it's it's very different. But where I will tell you that there's a huge advantage uh, to living in France is with skincare. Ah, and that and and to 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 be fair, uh Lori did say fashion or fashion accessories, so mm. this counts. Well, it kind of does, yeah. yeah. So the pharmacies, which are not necessarily pharmacies, they're kind of parapharmacies. Well, like if you were to compare it to a shopper's, it's not even close. No, like no, they specialize in products for health, wealth, uh, uh, wellness, and 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 fitness. Mm-hmm. So 
um, you know, the, the, the big difference for me is you can get some top-notch drugstore skincare at a fraction of the price that you could in North America. You know, for me, one of my favorites is um, uh, the uh, Embryolis Les Crèmes Concentrées, which was developed in the 1950s by a laboratory, a scientist. And it's an enriching lotion that is just fantastic for every kind of skin. No, wait, 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 wait. No, no, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm no, sorry. no, no, no but, please. But, 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 no, no, go, so, but but go I just, on. But I did a little, yes, little yeah, research. Yeah, and, sorry, I just and, nodded Okay, so in, nodded any, in any pharmacy here in France, you can get it for 11 euros. Mm. In Canada, at Shoppers Drug Mart, and I do miss my Shoppers Drug Mart, um, it's like $43. Oh, my God. You yeah. were paying that kind of money for I don't that know, crap? I, did, I, don't know. I did not know this product when I, I lived oh, in, thank Christ. in Canada. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there are such top brands that are developed and, and produced here in France, not China, not overseas. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the ones that are the top selling and the best recommended by dermatologists are Bioderma, which is a, um, a miscellane water to clean your skin. Uh, there's the Avene... Cl- Clenos gel. Then I mentioned the uh, embrolis, the crème concentrée, and la poche, uh, la roche posée. Oh yeah, let's not forget that one. No, but they've got a, a, like a, just a line oh. of products that are just fantastic, including mm. you know uh, sun uh, sunscreen and yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Clock on the wall. Oh. <laughs> Clock on the wall. Anyway, um, I have tried four of the project products I've just mentioned. Lori, I now hate you. And, and I will uh, take a picture of that for oh, yeah, the website. Oh, no, yeah, by all and means. I really like the NUX Real Prodigieuse. Well, who doesn't? It, no, it's great for hair. It's, 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 it's not that oily. It's oh. good for cuticles. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. Um, so the other surprise... Oh, there's more. Yeah. Moving to Europe, when we... It, it's not available in France. We oh. have to go to Spain or Portugal. <laughs> but my body lotion that I wore for years in Canada uh, and no longer available in North America uh, is Revlon's Natural Honey. And you can buy it here in Spain or Portugal. So when we go traveling, <laughs> Yeah, this is up. hilarious. Uh-huh. We go traveling, she takes a whole nother suitcase <laughs> for creams. <laughs> nuts. Well, when you can find it, buy it. Are, are, have we got her? We we're done. Her, yeah, we're done. Up. Yep. Uh-huh. Hope that answers your question, Lori. Thanks. Thanks so much. Now we don't have time for the real stuff. That's why we can't have nice things, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get on to our uh, next audio piece, I want to thank Darlene Nanny, who sent in a great uh, message from our Facebook page at Jeff and Julie Moved to France. Congratulations on your upcoming 100th episode. I thought I would create a wee remembrance of your wonderful accomplishment. Gosh, not only managing through the crazy waters of moving so far away and all that goes with those challenges, but also documenting it all in a podcast. An entertaining, hilarious, and informative and a keeping it real one at that. Cheers to many more episodes. My question for your 100th, wondering what you both miss the most with your move. Thanks and cheers. Joyeux Noël et bonne année, Darlene Nanny. Darlene, this question got asked a lot, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to turn it over to my little buddy to ask it in just a little bit different way, but one that will answer your question. Well, hi, Jeff and Julie. 
It's me, your godson, and current number one morning show host here in Kitchener-Waterloo, Ontario, Canada, Brady. <laughs> Remember me? It's been too long. Brady King. Congrats Brady. on 100 episodes. That's a pretty cool accomplishment. But it only took me about five minutes into the first episode to realize Julie was the far, far better broadcaster. <laughs> Expected a little more out of you, Jeff. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. You know, you still got it. And the show is just impeccably produced. Which, you know, something I'll always remember you teaching me the importance of over it's 15 years now when you gave me my first radio job. Wow. I'll always thank you for that. And I still use those skills today. Now, I know you're probably missing a lot about Canada, you know, friends, family, me, but are there any <laughs> weird, simple Canadian things you miss? Like mm. Tim's drive through terrible strip mall pizza, small town pub chicken wings, mm. that kind of thing. Mm. Congrats again on 100 episodes. Love you guys. Miss you. Oh, <laughs> Miss you too, Brady. Yeah. Uh, you know... For me, one of the things that I really adored about being in Canada was all the rewards programs. <laughs> no, seriously, like yeah. like my my credit card, like I I know some people might say, oh, that cost you mm, tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, but, but it got... still would have anyway. Yeah, exactly. But you know how many times did we fly yeah. in prim- like first class yeah. to Europe on your points on my points because yeah. uh, when you I spend a lot things, of money on creams. <laughs> <laughs> Back then, yeah. Um, but, but, you know, um, if if I was buying something, I would use mm-hmm. a credit card and pay it off. So there was never any interest. But I would accumulate all these points. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't happen here. And it's so frustrating. It's mm-hmm. really quite frustrating. I just recently joined us up for our uh, grocery store um, oh, points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to tell you, we have 50 euros saved okay. up. Oh, good. Yeah. Because of our purchases, so... Isn't that great? Okay, well, there's one. So we missed three years of that. Well, that's all right. Uh, We were busy. Yeah. Um, Brady, I got to say, I don't miss Tim Hortons because the coffee here is unfreaking believable Uh, And I've now switched from, you know, a double, you know, whatever, extra large, like, thermos of coffee from Tim Hortons to, you know, just... A half cup or small cup or uh, what they call cafe allongé or uh, uh, just a, an espresso. Uh, I'm I'm hooked on the coffee here, so I, I don't miss that. But here's what I do miss. Uh, and I, and you know what? I do miss the, the chicken wings at the, at the pubs. Mm-hmm. I do miss that. But I miss just full menus at a restaurant. Just give me a menu. Like here, everything, at least, and again, we preface this by saying this is we're down in southwest France where it's not Paris because in Paris there are probably many restaurants with full menus and then a, a special. Here, sometimes it's just the mm-hmm. daily special mm-hmm. and you'll get pork, fish, pick one. So I do miss the full menus uh, yes. at the restaurants here. Uh, I uh, really at first missed the half and half coffee coffee cream. <laughs> the 10%. Uh, from or, Canada. Fi- or five. Or five. That's true. Because we did have the light version. Yeah. Um, that doesn't even exist here. Nothing close. No. They've got like the creme épaisse, like full cream. Yeah, full cream or not, just milk. And it's it's not for coffee. So what I've switched to, and it's probably better for my health, is whole milk. Mm-hmm. And that's what I put in my coffee. But, but I do miss the half and half. And if you go, ho- if you were to go home tomorrow, would you order a coffee with half and half? Yes, you would. I would. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You can't. 
you can't go into a pharmacy and just grab some Tylenol and then run out and pound a couple back because you have a headache or Advil. Mm-mm. You got to go and ask for it over the counter. And then they've got two brands and neither of them are Tylenol, Tylenol or Advil. So I miss my Tylenol and Advil. And I don't have a lot of headaches, but when I do, it's a doozy. <laughs> But but were those effective for you though? Yeah yeah the yeah. Ones? It's just yeah, they, it's just that you can't just go grab it like no, no, at a gas station. No, it's it's behind the counter. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's a very different thing, and that's not even where you can get your skincare products. It's a very specialized pharmacy. Are we pretty much done with the skincare stuff now? Just saying okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, the other thing I miss because I'm a gum chewer. Uh, is uh, my spearmint gum? Oh, but the gum here is horrible, and I'm with you. It's it just you know what it, it's 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 a harder substance that they mm-hmm. use. Yeah, it's flavorful for maybe two minutes, <laughs> uh, and then then you have to kind of spit it out. So I do miss my North American gum. I miss Brady micro breweries. I miss good beer. Canada, you have no idea how good your beer is. And I'm not talking about your Labatt's and your 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 Molson's. I'm talking about, well, and of course they've absorbed most of these microbreweries. But for me, I used to love Muskoka. That's probably now a big brewery as well. But I used to love my Muskoka cream ale. I used to love my... Uh, uh, some of my loggers. What's that one that we used to have up up there uh, above us? What was that one? That Creamore. Play? Creamore. I love my Creamore. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I know, Brady, you're all about the hoppy stuff, which I was never about. But the beauty of Canada is you want hoppy, there's hoppy. You want malty, there's malty. It's just uh, Canada has some of the best beers in the world. And this place, this place has one beer. Mm. France has one French beer. It's that 1664 crap. No. Everything else, no, hang on. Everything else comes from Belgium. Belgium. No, no, no. no. There are microbreweries okay, here in the area. There's rats. You just, you just don't like them. There's rats and there's Malteo. Okay, rats. Nice name for a beer, and, and, rats. And you like Malteo. Yeah, I like Malteo. If it's, if it's uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, the blonde. Okay. But anyway, I'm just saying, I mean, that's two. In Canada, we have 2,000. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's nuts. So I, I that, that's something I miss. Okay. Um, well, I would say that I miss in the fall the beautiful coloring. Like, we do have fall here. Yeah, in December. Yes, in December. Yeah. Um, but the leaves don't turn red because we don't have maple trees. Per it's se. mainly an oak country. Mm-hmm. So they turn yellow and then crispy and then fall. Yeah. But there's no bright red. Or the, orange, really, to speak or, of. Or orange, yeah. And yeah. I really, that was spectacular in our area where we lived. It was just beautiful to see the color change. I miss live sports. <laughs> I miss live sports. <laughs> I miss, well, I don't miss, you know, watching Canada lose to Chechia or whatever the hell that is in the world juniors. I don't miss that. But, you know, I miss my baseball. I miss my, you know, watching the Habs lose. I miss uh, <laughs> I miss uh, watching the Leafs get, you know, shit kicked. Uh, I miss that kind of thing. Um, so, and I'm, you know, like just even baseball. I miss baseball. But 
these are little things. What I've done now, uh, Brady, is I watch uh, watch highlights the next day. Yeah. Uh, if well, the Habs win, I watch their highlights. If the Leafs lose, I watch their highlights. Yes. So we can't watch things real time. No. Because of the time difference. Yeah. So whether it's the Academy Awards, Golden Globes, <laughs> sports events. Yeah. We're just catching the highlights the next day. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to wrap this up by saying we, I think we both miss seeing the Canadian flag. Yeah. Really. They're not as proud in our area. No. Um, so there's not a lot of flag wa- waving. And, uh, you know, we were very, um, very good at, at on our, our flag post having a clean Canadian flag, mm-hmm. you know, f- floating in the wind uh, and it's very not the end, proud of it. It's not the end of the world, but uh, we do miss it. It's a beautiful flag, and mm. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we miss it a lot. So thanks, buddy. We appreciate your question. It's yeah. an awesome one. Uh, we're going to, uh, and by the way, that's Brady Kingsbury, just so you know, he's our godson, as he mentioned, and that's Danny's son, Danny and Don's son, and he's a good boy. <laughs> and we really hope that we can see you here. Yeah, yeah, you and the kids. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Your brother's been here. Mm-hmm. Your brother's been here. Make it before the solar panels. Hurry. <laughs> All right, let's get to our, no- our, our next uh, voice clip. Hello, Jeff and Julie, who moved to France during a global pandemic. Congratulations on creating 100 podcasts with questionable internet access. That's a, been an ongoing story. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, NASA has laser beamed a cat video 31 million kilometers at 267 megabytes per second. So maybe you should get NASA as your internet provider and laser your way to the next milestone. And Good idea, Dan. Out to your jeet. I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, love the French phrase of the week and the uh, Olympic countdown. Always looking for updates on that. But here's my question. I know that one of the reasons you both wanted to move to France was for the quality of life. And having taken a bunch of trips to that area of the world, many of our friends have discussed the European desire to step back and enjoy the pleasure of living, meals and wine and friends and architecture and all that. More so than here, which often values working and the rat race a bit more. So now having lived there for a couple of years, is that true? Or is it the same as it is here, but just organized a little bit differently? (laughs) <laughs> Love the show. Good, Good luck on the next hundred. Always great to keep mm. up with you through this podcast. And I'll just uh, wait to hear the answer. Thank you, Mr. Dan Duran. A very, very astute question from someone who's been here. And uh, I love it. I love that question uh, because it, it it does beg uh, the answer, which is, eh, is, you know, do people... Do they fly here for their two-week holiday and kind of get over-engrossed in the differences? And then once you live here for a while, it's like, well, this was no big deal. Mm. Or are they enhanced? And if I were to take that question, Dan, I've got to say that the novelty never wears off. The fact Mm. that we are in the midst of, you know, Roman ruins, medieval architecture, and just some of the most incredible history of the world is just something that I can't take for granted and every day I appreciate. Yeah, th- there's such beauty here. Uh, you know, and, and I think I think the French and other Europeans don't appreciate how 
splendid and diverse their land is. I mean, in in just a short time, we can be in a completely different landscape than where we are here. Uh, and and I, I really appreciate that. In Canada, it, beautiful country, love it. Um, but you had to travel quite a distance to get a different landscape. The other thing that... Uh I would I would say is maybe organized better uh, in Canada, but ends up coming off as a bit of a hindrance when it's comes from a point of uh, a, a place when it comes from a place of uh, enjoying, and that is the grid system of roads. And I mean, here we can go to we can go to a place that's fifty kilometers away, seventy different ways. Like it's not just okay, go up to Highway Six and turn right, and then head to Caledon, you know, or whatever the case may be. It's you have all of these different routes, and every single one of them is just incredible. They all have different vistas, but and and all the roads are paved. I mean, I don't yeah. know how to describe it, but so so the, the comparison of roads is that the here they're very narrow, like barely one car can go, but most times it's a two way highway. And they're they're not linear. Mm. They're waving through the winding, country, yeah. winding through the countryside. So it, it, those are very enjoyable moments. Like when when we go and take our day trips, mm. like you've got a smile from ear to ear. I just love it's it. It's fun driving, beautiful landscape, so many different things to see. And we've gone on a lot of day trips and. Not taking the same roads. Yeah. So, so actually, Dan, in answer to your question, it's not organized better. It's organized worse, and that's good. <laughs> like, it, it just makes it good because there are so many different ways to get to a place, and along the way, you're seeing different. Like, we never go the same way to as we would come back. Mm-hmm. We always try and, and and find a different way back, which is easy. Not so the case in North America. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it is that much more incredible here and they do as evidenced by taking two-hour lunch breaks at work they do focus on work to live and not live to work as much as Canada does yeah and that is one of the reasons we're here and one of the reasons that we still appreciate being here yes and, and I might say that um, you know one of the questions that they don't ask here when you're meeting someone for the first time is what do you do for a living? Mm. They don't they they're not possessed by your profession or your income. They want to know who you are as a person. And uh, Trevor Noah, who is a South African comedian, mm-hmm. American star now, um, did a little bit on that. And and he said uh, he asked uh, someone in France, what do you do? And he goes, well, I go to lunch and then I have to, you know, rest and then I go with my friends. No, but what do you do for a living? And then the, the guy said, well, I breathe <laughs> and I walk. But at no time did they talk about their profession, which I think is really sweet. Yeah. No, it's it's a wonderful place. And we've actually, we have friends that we uh, became friendly with over six or seven visits before we even got to what we did for a living. Uh-huh. And then when we found out that just was a kind of cherry on the cake, but it had nothing to do with the basis of our friendship. No, it's who you are as a person. Yeah. 
which is just wonderful. And I know there's a lot to talk about when you find out what a person does, but there's so much more to talk about the person themselves first. And that's something that we've learned here. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's a, a welcome lesson. Let's I, just, I appreciate let's just that. call it that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Great uh, question, Mr. Duran. And we'll be seeing you soon, I hope. Uh, before we get to our last couple of uh, audio offerings, I just wanted to take a moment to thank uh, Dave Little. Dave Little is... Uh, a big Humble and Fred fan. That's mm. how he came across the uh, podcast. So I just want to read you uh, Dave's note. Love your show. And this is from the uh, Facebook page at Jeff and Julie Move to France. Love your show. You and Julie do an incredible job. And I really look forward to Fridays. Mm. As the kids say, I'm a Hundy P with your show. What do you think Hundy P means, Julie? Hundred. Percent. Very good. Wow. I'm cool. I'm cool. You down with it. I'm cool. You down with it, kids. I For had to, no brada. I had to look it up. <laughs> I did not because I had the Medal of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> From Bella Maria. Holy. Oh, jeez. So he's a hundy P with the show. He's 100% bought into the show. He listens to every episode. Keep up the great work and all the best in the new year. Cheers, Dave Little. What I'd like to know in a David Letterman top 10 list format is the following. You know what? Before we get to that, let's do this the right way, Dave. Mm. Here you go. Okay, so it is time for the Jeff and Julie move to France during a global pandemic top 10 list as approved by the Home Office on the Queensway in beautiful Toronto and submitted by Dave Little. Here we go. Top 10 things that drive us nuts about France. Number 10. Not every address has a number. Top 10 things that drive you nuts in France. Number nine, you can't have a beer with your buddies at five o'clock because everything's closed. (laughs) Top 10 things that drive you nuts in France. Number eight. Stores closing for lunch. (laughs) Top 10 things that drive you nuts in France. Number seven, they have a different word for everything. Okay, the top 10 things that drive you nuts in France. Number six. There just aren't enough forms to fill out for my liking. (laughs) Top 10 things that drive you nuts in France. Number five, photo radar. The top 10 things that drive you nuts in France. Number four. Not being able to tip with a credit card. Oh, did we mention there are no credit cards? Top 10 things that drive us nuts about France. Number three, two words, bad beef. Top 10 things that drive us nuts about France. Number two. The ground is so hard here, you need a jackhammer to plant a pansy. (laughs) And the number one thing that drives us nuts in France. People who write checks for groceries!
Thank you, Dave Little. Very good idea. And <laughs> we had fun. We had fun with that. I got to say, though, you know, number one is number one for a reason. Uh-huh. It's, uh, you know, as Julie said, we haven't written checks for almost 20 years for anything, mm-hmm. let alone you know, groceries. Mm-hmm. I remember my parents doing that when I was 12. Yeah, I, you that know, was a long time long ago. Long time ago. You know, so uh, again, great idea. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm. All right, we're. I know this is long. This is long. Yes, it's it's uh, much longer than any of our podcasts, but it is a special day. It's our one hundredth uh, anniversary. Our one hundredth chapter of Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. We are nearing the finish line, and uh, here is a, a message from one of our dearest friends. Hi, my name is Mike Richards. I have been a radio partner of Jeff Lumby's since oh, about 1996-ish, but an even closer friend. In fact, if it wasn't for Jeff and Julie, I would say uh, they, they carried me and my soul through uh, the 90s. I don't know if I would have made it if it wasn't for them. As much as uh, we laugh and we all point our fingers and have great crack with Jeff Lumby, the reality is they're the two most generous people that I have ever known. Mm. I'm verklempt. Okay, what do I say now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, with our relationship, that is Jeff and mine, we had great pleasure at make, making fun and mocking f- anything French or France since I've known him. <laughs> Usually in the Inspector Clisseur sort of voice. <laughs> But now, in the many paradoxes that is Lumbee, he moves to France with, of course, the loveliest French woman on the planet. Sure, just more stuff to torture me. Anyway, I'm just curious. Of all the misconceptions we probably had, what is the Mm -hmm. biggest one, considering we took great pride in our mocking of that country? What were we so wrong about? And the second half of that question... Were we right about anything? Is there anything that did disappoint or does disappoint you in the land of red wine? You're the best, (laughs) folks. And boy, I miss you terribly and can't wait till I see you again. In of course. (laughs) (laughs) What a beauty. What a beauty. Uh, Let me start with this. So your first question is um, misconceptions. So... To me, the biggest misconception uh, about the people of France, let's just say, is that they are all a bunch of snooty people. And uh, I think I can even extend this to Parisians, but the people that uh, live in our little part of the world here in southwest France are just some of the most beautiful, gentle mm-hmm. folks that I've ever met. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's an extension of that work-to-live attitude and environment. They are just so sweet. I, I, I just, you know, like our, our friends here, and we have a few, we don't have many, but we have a few really good friends mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. are just so sweet. I mean, I'm, I, I can't even describe how, first of all, everything's quiet but yet fun. Mm-hmm. And they've taken us in. Like under their, though, under their you know, wing we're, almost. We're étrangers, we're foreigners. Yeah. But they have decided 
to get to know us yeah. and and you know bring us into their lives in a way that is magnificent and we've built some very very strong relationships with the people that we live near to uh, the other thing that is a misconception and it's it's a bit of a, an odd one because every car in this country has a, a ton of dents in it. Scratch. We don't know where they come from, mm-hmm. but they are really good drivers. And I think they have to be good drivers because of the, the width of the roads. You're always you're always passing in the ditch and, you know, on the side into the grass and, and, and at pretty good speeds. So they are very good drivers compared to maybe what we thought they were, even though every car's dented. So that's... That's the uh, anomaly. Well, I, think, uh, I think it's the parking spots that are so narrow. Maybe, maybe. And, and the narrow streets, and you've got to go through, mm-hmm. you know, where they've got these these barriers. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think that's where their cars get dented, not so much in massive crashes on maybe. the road. They are good drivers. They are wonderful people. And mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the second part of your question, what are things that they are worth making fun of? Wait, wait. I have one that's a misnomer. Not every French man is having an affair. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Not uh, how do you know that? It just kind of seems like they've got a good family life. Yes. They appreciate their well, if, home. If, if we use Olivier and Segaline as an example, mm-hmm. I mean, and and their kids, mm-hmm. it is incredible family. Yeah, like it, that's an incredible life, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just uh, thought I would mention yeah, that it's no. not it's not all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, that also extends to Italy in a big way, right? Yeah. You know, I don't know that 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 sort of uh, attitude of uh, everybody's got a mistress and blah blah blah. But uh, no, no, it's it, actually I find France to be very family oriented. Mm-hmm. On that note, very family oriented. They they have huge Sundays. Sunday is a big day here. That's Massive. why. That's why I don't I don't see the stores fully opening on Sunday anytime soon because. Their family life here is taken very seriously, which is a nice thing. It's that a nice, nice thing. You're right. Uh, in terms of things, though, that uh, it's fair game to make fun of, and the, the berets, they're not as, as big of a deal here, but they I, I do see them a lot. You see them a lot in Paris. It's just, I don't know, it's a goofy headwear to me. I, I don't understand it. Maybe they look the same way as a, at a cowboy hat as we look at as a beret. So that's out there. And I'm telling you, in the movies, when you see people walking along the streets of Paris or the streets of any little town carrying a baguette and you go, oh, yeah, right. That's just a but. No, that they is. They really are. That is exactly. The, and, mm-hmm. and until you've enjoyed a baguette. Until you have had French bread on a regular basis, you will never understand that. But there is a reason that everyone is carrying around bread, because it is the best bread on the planet. It's really good. Yeah. And not everyone is smoking. No, not anymore. And I think the first uh, tip of of that iceberg was when they shut down smoking in the bistros in Paris. Oh, there was Mm. such a huge out. Uh, uproar, but in the end, yeah, you can still smoke outside. Which, by the way, as a non-smoker, I don't have any problem with that. You want to sit down outside in the freezing cold and have a uh, an espresso and a coffee and, and a cigarette? Who gives a crap? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Have, l- light it up. As, as far as I'm concerned, the outside is the outside. The inside, that's a different ball game. Right. So yeah, I, I think people still do smoke here. It's much more discreet. 
Um, but yeah, what else? So what? Uh, I think that's a. What are some of the other <clears throat> misconceptions? Or the thing, like to sit here and try and compute all the things that Mike Richards would make fun of, I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> 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 but, buddy, thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, contributing. And we miss the hell out of you. Oui. And, Et j'espère que uh, tu, uh, tu viendras avec uh, Linda nous voir et, bientôt. Et avec Linda et peut-être Jordan. Oui, Jordan, oui. Oui. All right. You guys, we love you, and we hope to see you here soon. Smoking cigars around the pool, buddy. All right. Roast peas. Okay. We are at the finale, and uh, we have one more clip to play for you. One ah. more question. Uh, I want to thank everybody, by the way, before we get into this, I want to thank everybody for uh, participating. And if we missed your name on the podcast, it's probably because you're like Susan Lundy, for instance, she said, uh, would you do anything differently knowing what you know now? I think we answered that question. But mm. Susan, thank you so much for uh, sending in the question. And, uh, you know, to everybody else who participated and gave us well wishes, uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, but uh, we are now at the stage where we can wrap this up. And I can't think of a better way to do it than with this message from an old friend. Ah, okay. Ted Bird speaking, Light 1067 Radio in Hudson, Quebec, co-host of Standing By, the Terry and Ted podcast, and of the Morning Show podcast on the Pantelis Comedy Network, and former radio colleague of Jeff Lumby. Félicitations, Julie et Jeff, on your 100th episode, and congratulations on living the life that I aspire to. You are living not only in my favorite country, but in my favorite part of my favorite country. The Côte d'Azur is glamorous, and the French Alps are majestic, and Paris is Paris. But southwestern France has a tranquility and a beauty all its own, and you chose wisely to live there. If I am able to, while I'm still ambulatory and have my wits about me, <laughs> I will come banging on your door one day, and you'll peek through the curtains and go, my God, he meant it. He's here. I promise not to overstay my welcome, and I don't have a very ambitious agenda. I just want to visit the Hazelnut Museum, and then I'll be on my way. Congratulations once again on your success with your podcast and in life. Living a long-term love story in southwestern France? Come on, who's doing better than you? Wow. Oh, wow. I am emotional. <laughs> Yeah, me too, Ted. <sighs> Worked with Ted in the uh, late 80s in Montreal, just at the same time that I met you. That's right. And uh, Ted, buddy, I uh, I can't think of a more uh, appropriate way to tie a bow on our 100th chapter. Thank you so much, Ted. A beautifully articulated message. You know, I think... Um, uh, from time to time, we're all guilty of looking inward mm -hmm. when we hit a few uh, rough patches sure. and start focusing on the negatives. But yep. this is such a fantastic reminder of how truly blessed we both are 
the setbacks will come and go, mm-hmm. but in the end, we we really do live a charmed life, and we are thrilled to be able to share it with you. Yeah, you know, if if those that are listening get a laugh, yes, <laughs> or some useful information, um, then we are just thrilled because. Um, that is one of the reasons that we have done this and are so happy that people have responded so positively to yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. And, um, Ted, I, I just can't, uh, thank you enough. And for everyone else who participated in today's podcast, whether you sent us mm. a message on our Facebook page or whether you, <laughs> uh, sent us one of your wonderful messages audio wise, we, we were just, we're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed with the amount of people who listen to this podcast and who enjoy it. And, uh, we want to thank you for participating, for the encouragement, for support, and just to let you know, we're going to continue. Not next week. Not <laughs> next week. We're taking a break. This uh, is an extra impose. Impose. Yeah, a little bit of an in- impose. Uh, this has been a long podcast, and so we're we're going to give you a break. <laughs> Probably take you two weeks to listen to it in the first place. <laughs> uh, but we will be returning with chapter one hundred and one of Jeff and Julie move to France during a global pandemic on Friday, uh, January twenty sixth. Until then, they'll be safe. And again, thank you for all your support and encouragement. À bientôt et Julie, je t'aime. Oh, je t'aime aussi, Jeff. <laughs>